which would be funny because the next words I'm going to say are, don't forget. <laughs> don't forget seems to be that that runs through all of those lessons that uh, Moses in particular is saying to the Israelites. Do not forget. If we'd read the whole chapter, he says it over and over and over again. Do not forget. And of course, what is it that they are not to forget? They're not to forget God's care for them as they travelled through the wilderness, through that vast and dreadful desert, it said in the reading, didn't it? They're not to forget that care. However well or otherwise they had behaved while they were travelling through that, they need to think and remember that God has promised them a land that they can enter and live in and live in well. And that's what he's telling them about when he talks about this great land where food's going to grow and things are not going to be scarce. Wheat, barley, vines, figs, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. To us there may be an odd combination of things, but if they're the things that grow in your land, and actually, let's face it, they're all the constituents of the really good, healthy Mediterranean diet that we're all encouraged to eat, um, then those are the things you're going to eat, aren't they? Even the rocks themselves, he says, are going to yield good things. Iron and copper will be able to be dug from them. And of course, iron and copper are very useful to us for all sorts of things. But with all these delights and with all the ways in which we can use them, it's very easy, isn't it, to feel satisfied and to forget where all these good things really come from and who ultimately provides them. And that's what Moses is warning against. He says, the first thing you should do, verse 10, is to praise the Lord for his goodness, for the fact that we've got those things. Why? Because otherwise you might become proud as you see your things increasing before you. The large barns, the fine houses, the more herds, the more flocks, the more income. And what do they say about pride? Comes before a fall, maybe? And in this case, it will be the fall of not remembering the journey that God has travelled with the Israelites to take them, to set them free from Egypt and all its slavery. Moses is stressing to them that it's God who gives them, and of course therefore also us today, the ability to produce the wealth, be it the cash, the food, the material things, whatever. And he goes on to say that if we forget that it's God that does this, it's almost as if we've turned to follow other gods and worship them. It's a real danger, Moses warns. Don't be tempted. Oh, look at what I've done. See what I've produced. And it's all my own effort, my achievement, my skill, my good planning that's done it. And suddenly, we are following the God called me. So harvest, I think, is useful for us in just the same way as Moses' pep talk was for the Israelites all those years ago. It reminds us that everything we have, all the things here, even the cardboard in the ready oats, he was supposed to buy ready bread. Okay, I'll let you off. <laughs> but interesting, isn't it? Look, orange box, what but colour box is to ready bread coming? Boxes. <laughs> a bit sneaky some of these supermarkets, This is all reminding us that all this stuff comes from the God who creates, who sustains, and who continues to do so. Now most of us, I think probably all of us, have a home that we live in. When we eat, we are generally satisfied. 
And if not, Tesco's is just opposite the Good Shepherd Church. <laughs> we might not have herds of flocks, but I guess some of us will have at least some kind of savings. And they will probably have increased, maybe a little tiny bit over time. But we can all be tempted, can't we, to say, look how well I have done. Now, I don't know whether I've told you this before, but I'm missing a jumper at the moment, a black and red striped jumper for my granddaughter, who belongs to a bonfire society. And this black and red striped jumper is taking me a bit of time because it's black and red. <laughs> um, but it would be very easy for me to look at it and say, look what I've done. Whereas actually I was saying, oh, for goodness sake, how long is it going to be before I finish this? <laughs> But do you know, do you see what I mean? It's very easy, isn't it, for us to look at something we've done and think, oh, look at what I've done. I'm the one who's done that. I've planned that. I've made that happen. If God hadn't created sheep and the way that their wool works, then I wouldn't have the will to nip the jumper. So it's not mine as tall, is it, in that sense? When we forget what God has given to us, when we lose sight of our reliance on him and forget to thank him for all that we have, when we forget that actually it really does all come from him and we subtly begin to assume that it comes from within us, that we've created everything ourselves, then we start to believe that we can do whatever we want. And maybe that's part of the problem in our society today. Right as high as government. We can do what we want. But of course, while we are striving for better conditions and benefits for ourselves, the rest of the world fades into the background, and those who have nothing in particular are forgotten, along, of course, with the God who created them and loves them. These two readings we've had today are warnings, I think, about our priorities. Harvest could be seen as an opportunity for us to glorify our increasing consumption and hoarding. But harvest is not an occasion to thank God that we've managed to acquire masses and masses of things and stuff. In our Bible reading that we shared together, Jesus told his disciples that they need to care less about material things, which of course is one way of worrying and if we'd gone on to read a bit further into the chapter, this is what we would have found. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more is he going to clothe you, you of little faith? And don't set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. 
So what Jesus really wants is his disciples to stop worrying and to live life well and to live it well with him. Remember John 10.10, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. The trouble is, most of us, at some point or another, will spend lots of time working hard and worrying. So today, while we enjoy harvest and thank God for it, I want to suggest we've got a moment to consider life's priorities, what really matters. The pace of life is now so fast, the latest products are brought to the market so quickly, and you just listen to Andrew's list for his shopping, for goodness sake, that we can always feel out of date and that we need to replace everything. Yet even at the time of Jesus, he knew that people had the same issues of work and worry, and work and worry, and work and worry, that vicious cycle that we can get ourselves into. Jesus knew, and just like Moses warned the Israelites, that forgetting God's goodness and instead toiling for the latest material goods that actually bring no increase in satisfaction to any society, no matter how much we acquire, no matter how many material things we have, no matter how much money, enough is always a bit more than we already have, isn't it? Well, the advertisers would have us believe that. The pursuit of happiness in the acquisition of things is always a road to dissatisfaction, it seems to me. What a paradox. The more we seek to be happy through acquiring such things, the less happy we are. The Christian message that the pursuit of happiness through amassing things is only ever going to bring ruin, I think. It's a curious fact, isn't it, that contrary to our wealth bringing happiness, it probably brings impoverishment, or it can, to our soul. Funnily enough, the opposite is the exact case. The more we give to others, the more happiness we receive ourselves. Giving to others is something which we learn from our Lord Jesus Christ. He had no possessions. He gave up everything he had. He even gave his life for others. And surely it's his model as Christians that we seek to copy. So for me, the challenge of these two readings today, the Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy where Moses is challenging the Israelites to not forget God, to remember that it's God that's got them to where they are. And the story about the chap, the rich farmer who built all those enormous barns, but then died. The challenge of those readings is what can I, what can you, what can we do? How can we ensure that we don't forget God and his provision for us? And then, what difference is that going to make to the way we behave towards others with the things that we do have? And perhaps just a last thought. Maybe the most generous gift of all that we can give to others is the gift of pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can know him like we do. For always. Let's pray.